Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I am your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand, and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week, we have thought leaders, change instigators, and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive, and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love, and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning connection and resilience into your life and your business. As a way to thank our guests for their time, energy and wisdom, we would love to demonstrate our appreciation, gratitude and admiration. We would love to hear from you as to what was your key takeout from today's session by writing a review in Apple Podcast with our guest's name and insight. And when you do, Please make sure to take a photo and send your photo to support at katherineplano.com.au and you will receive a one-hour life coaching session for free, valued $500, to help you change your life for the better or to help you get unstuck if you are currently going through a transition or if you need a little motivation. Thank you. This week, as always, we have a super, super amazing guest for you. We have the beautiful Nick Pigeon, known as the girl who made Elon Musk cry. Nick Pigeon is a leader with a high-level network of clients and business friends. Nick also supports coaches to grow six- and seven-figure coaching businesses online, and her clients have generated over $22 million in the last five years. Nick is a best-selling Hay House author, award-winning positive psychologist, twice-certified high-performance coach and investor. She is the founder of the multi-million dollar brand Unstoppable Success, creator of the Positive Psychology Coach Academy certification, and her mission is to help millions of people change their lives through positive psychology and entrepreneurship. Through her best-selling book, Now Is Your Chance, Nick is helping you help yourself by equipping you with the proven strategies, tangible tools, and personal learnings that can really help you make a positive difference in your life. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I am super excited about our lovely guest. We got Nick Pigeon on the show. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here today. I'm excited to have you on the show. So the way that we love to start the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share your unique story. So Nick, tell us what inspired you to do what you do today? Mm, Such a good question. So I'm a Brit based here in Los Angeles, and I definitely didn't start out knowing that I wanted to be a positive psychologist or a coach or a big business owner. I remember right back at the start of my journey when I was in my teenage years, you know, when you're at school and the teachers say, you've got to decide what you want to do for a career and you've got to decide right now because it's going to determine your university applications and what subjects you're going to go and um, study. So back then I was studying things like maths and physics and I I was actually doing business studies. I did my business studies a year early and but didn't really know what I wanted to do with that. So I was very guided by my dad at the time and I had this love for cars. So my dad was like, Nick, I think you should do something that involves the maths and the physics and keep doors open for yourself because there's not many women that do that. So I thought, right, okay, this makes sense. Like I I do math, so maybe I can do engineering. 
So I ended up signing up to do mechanical and automotive engineering at university. And I went on to get two scholarships to do that. And I felt really excited. And at the same time, there was this feeling that it wasn't necessarily my path. It felt like it was something that I should do. And I was doing it so that I could be this woman in a man's world who was earning a big salary. And my big goal at that time was to earn £30,000 in a year. So I had my heart set on doing this and then had a huge curveball. So I moved across to Australia when I was around about 17 or 18. And I took a gap year before I went on to study engineering. And at that time, my partner was a professional cricket player and he was across in, we were in Perth for six months. He was seeing a sports psychologist who said to to him in a session, listen, like when you're out on the pitch and you're into bat, I want you to stop looking at the fielders around you. And I want you to start looking for the gaps in between the fielders instead. And he came home after this session. He's like, Nick, I had this amazing session. It was so interesting. And just that simple conversation, that simple share of what he'd experienced caused me to have this big aha moment where I was like, oh my goodness, how much time do we spend focusing on the fielders, focusing on what goes wrong or focusing on the bills or the problems or what we don't want to happen? This guy's right. Like what happens if we focus on what does go right with people or the opportunities or the ways through? So that insight from a tiny conversation actually made me go back to England when we were finished with that six months in Australia, cancel my mechanical and automotive engineering degrees and go on to study instead psychology and human behavior. And I think it's a really interesting distinction to reflect on because Sometimes when we look at our interesting stories or we look at what's made us who we are or what's inspired us, I think a lot of people think that it needs to be something really bad or really traumatic or it has to be this like massive thing. For me, it was a really simple conversation that completely shifted my perspective. So I just know that we can find those gems that like gold in the mine in the most simple of things. I love that and that really resonates with me. I think that even as you were explaining that there's this feeling of either moving towards something or moving away and I think it's really important when we focus on and it was it's as simple as even the words like you know I I remember uh, sharing a story about uh, a team member coming up to me and saying Catherine Catherine we've got such a big problem and just the fact that we were, the word problem in itself opened up this, um, I guess, this vortex of this focus on all the things that were going wrong. And instead, I said, well, how about if we looked at this as an opportunity? It actually shifted our mindset. We started seeing solutions just from looking at what would be our, uh, the, the, the positivity of what is taking place. So, in in um in saying that, how can we shift our mindset? Because obviously we we've got very interesting times all over the world at the moment, and I know that people are very focused on what's not going right. What would be something to help navigate people through these times where shifting them away from looking at what's going wrong to shifting them into a different mindset? Mm, it's such a good reflection. And one of the things that you noticed happening there was your ability to become more solution focused because you're focusing on the positives or you're focusing on the strengths. So we talk about emotions in terms of the positive and negative. I actually think that all emotions are good and there's value and benefit to all of them. What we find with positive emotions specifically, though, is that they are very opening. They help us to broaden and build and they switch your brain on ready for the intake of information. So let's say you go into a meeting or you go into a conversation or a coaching call And you lead with what's exciting for you today or what is it that's going well? Even if you feel like nothing is going well, (laughs) asking yourself the question, asking your clients, your team, your family, your friends, that question immediately can shift their thinking. 
And what then happens is you're able to retrieve more resources. So the broaden and build theory teaches that when you experience more of the top tail end of emotions like joy, love, enthusiasm, gratitude, excitement, that then means that you almost like build, like I like to think of it like a toolkit. So you are putting things into your toolkit so that when a challenge comes along, you're able to pull things out of the toolkit to use so that you can survive and thrive through adversity. So it means you have a greater sense of resilience because of the positive emotions you've experienced. I also really love Carol Dweck's theory of growth mindset. And that teaches us that it's not just black and white. It's not always just about the goal or the destination or the idea that everything has to be perfect or I'm going that way and doing that thing. And there's so many different shades of gray and so many different opportunities and introspections that we can have along the way too. The growth mindset takes the approach that the process has so much juiciness within it too. So rather than just focusing on getting somewhere, let's look at where we are right now, where we've been and really honor the process. So looking at, okay, so something happened that was hard and maybe dropping into asking yourself, how did I actually think about that thing that was hard? What did that make me think about myself? Was I judging myself negatively through that? And what was the specific thoughts that I was thinking? Then how can you actually reframe those thoughts to take a growth approach rather than taking a fixed mindset approach? And then what can you do or how can you show up differently? What might be the next positive step that you can take once you've reframed that? And you can do this on a macro level. You can do it on a micro level. It could be something as simple as I'm going out to the gym and I've forgotten my water bottle and I say to myself, oh, Nick, you're so stupid. That's like a negative comment or a negative judgment. I might decide to reframe that instead and say, um, this is an opportunity for me to practice being more mindful and more aware and really noticing where I rush and starting to adopt better habits to go more slowly and to pause before I leave the house. So there's always so much that you can learn from all of your life's experience when you choose to get mindful in a moment. I love the fact that you said when you choose, we do have uh, freedom to choose. You know, I always say that you have a choice every day which side of the bed you're going to be rolling out of and what kind of day you're going to have. And I love the fact you even talked about uh, Carol Dweck's work because we don't realise how often, and I I did a little assessment myself, that um, we can oscillate between growth and, and fixed mindset. So I know that growth... Sometimes, you know, I've had people challenge me, well, is that realistic? Is it all, you know, having even like positive psychology, I'm sure you get it too. That's a bit unrealistic to always think positive um, because I, I'm very uh, positive in the way that I approach things. I'll say, what's the learnings out of this? Or what, what is um, something that I am growing from this situation? Because I believe that regardless how hard uh, things are around us, we always grow from them. And I think that even sometimes the hardest things that we go through, um, we uh, grow from them and we evolve as a human being. But what are your thoughts? Because, you know, I love the fact you even brought up the growth mindset. As I, as I said, I think we oscillate between the two because it depends on, you know, when you actually fill out an assessment to where you sit and, and I guess what area of your life you're focusing on, right? Whether I think that sometimes I could have a really positive growth mindset in one area of my life and maybe fixed in a relationship, for example. Um, so what are your thoughts about, and I'm sure you've got it, uh, you've received it, where people say positive psychology, positive mindset, growth mindset, it's a bit unrealistic. What are your thoughts? All the time, all the time. And I think it's a common misconception of positive psychology that you have to be happy 100% of the time. That actually isn't realistic. And 
we want to honor all of our emotions and we want to really honor all of life's experiences because all emotion is valid and all experience is valid. I feel like the distinction between what positive psychology is and isn't is understanding that pos psych is a science. And the goal is to help us understand more about how people and communities and businesses can thrive. So we run experiments to see what works and to see what exercises and interventions we can use to shift more into the positive. We're actually not saying don't feel sad because that's bad. And we're not saying don't be in that process of grief because that's bad. What we're saying is like allow the emotion, acknowledge the emotion, notice what's there, like be with yourself, allow yourself to be in it. And then once you've given voice and you've allowed the flow of that emotion, what tool might you then be able to pick up to shift the way that you think and you feel? I think there's great value in us actually like understanding why we feel the way that we do. And there's actually also a risk in bypassing that emotion and just stuffing it down or repressing it or ignoring it. And that can cause a separation. So I remember when I first started in positive psychology and I just thought that I had to just show up and be happy all of the time because I thought that as a positive psychologist, there was something wrong with me or people wouldn't take me seriously if I was having real human experiences so this separation started occurring where I would show up and I would go to a talk and I would teach some of the positive psychology tools, but I really wasn't feeling good on the inside. And it took for me to go through a process of integration of really looking at, okay, here's the things that are going on for me in my life and here's what I'm processing, here's what I've been holding. And now I'm working through that and working with it and I'm integrating it so that I can bring it through my body so that I can practice tools that we know work from positive psychology, like breath work and like movement and like meditation and like gratitude, which can allow you to shift feelings of anxiety, for example, can allow you to get connected with your mind and your body and spirit, and then can allow you to show up as your next level self, feeling stronger and more able to navigate all of the things that you do. You know, the um, I, I love that too. And you know what's bubbled up for me as you were uh, speaking? I was just thinking about, uh, and I can't remember where the research or who did the research where they had a group of people where their um their what their point of focus was right so if they were pessimistic in in their way of thinking uh in comparison to if you were optimistic in your way of thinking i think the movie was four weddings and a funeral funeral and those that had that mindset that was the lens that they had on at the time so those that were pessimistic in in style only talked about the funeral after the movie and those that were optimistic only talked about the wedding and so i was just thinking about that as you were saying sorry that's so cool, isn't it? It is cool. But I, th- I was thinking about your, your what you were all saying. Say, it's not saying that you can't have uh, negative emotions. Like that you've got to – It's and I agree. Like if you push them away, you're repressing them and then they'll just explode like a pressure cooker. It's just allowing those emotions to flow through. But do you give yourself a time frame of your emotions to flow through? Like I know for me, I'll go, okay, it's okay to feel this way, Catherine, but for 24 hours – Like I give myself a time. How do you go about it? It's interesting because what I've noticed is with positive psychology and with practicing daily, the time that you actually need to process shortens. So I think positive psychology for me, the way that I love to think about it is that it's a lifestyle. It's like a way of doing things that really flows through everything that you do. And to think about like a fear or a challenge or something that comes up for you, you might be able to process process that in a moment. So you might be able to say, okay, I'm going to name this thing that's coming up for me. I'm going to give it a name. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to say I'm feeling scared right now. And once you've actually named it and claimed it, you've taken responsibility and you've said, right, I'm, I know that I'm feeling this. It's here. 
now you can ask yourself, like, what is it actually telling me? So what is it telling me in this moment? What do I need to know? What perhaps in this fear can I do something about? And then what part of it can I not do anything about? So it's given you the opportunity to take control of some place that you can take action and then let go of the place that you cannot. And I think there's great freedom in that. And that might be able to be done in just a couple of moments. Or if you have something that is a little heavier or it feels like a little deeper for you and you might want to give more space and time, sometimes I can just feel and I'm like, I'm actually feeling pretty tired today and I feel like I would like some space for myself. So I'm going to give myself an hour tonight and I'm just going to sit and I'm going to journal and I'm going to maybe read a book and just see what comes through. And what I found is just gifting yourself some time it doesn't matter how much time, gifting yourself some time can really just allow yourself to have that exhale that sometimes we really need. I've also loved practicing a um, micro journaling practice recently because I'd noticed myself getting in the loop of thinking, I'm going to plan this into my calendar and I'm going to give myself some space and I'm going to journal on that day, but I need an hour or I need two hours And it was the thing that was falling off the bottom of my list. So I started to say to myself, okay, Nick, you know that these things work and the tools work on a micro scale. And it can be as simple as writing a sentence or just brain dumping a couple of ideas onto a page that can help you feel that shift. So I started setting timers for three minutes and saying, okay, I'm going to journal. I'm going to micro journal for three minutes and whatever it is, stream of consciousness, let's just get it out onto the notepad. And that started to allow greater processing and greater insights and greater creativity. So my invitation for everyone who's listening is just to play about with that and see what feels right for you. It might be that it just needs a moment and you have a process where you can shift from fixed mindset to growth mindset in an instant. Or it might be something if you're processing grief, for example, that you just really go gentle, gently with yourself and you approach it with compassion. And you say, like, when I'm feeling this, I'm going to allow it and I'm going to give myself the space. I love that. And I think that... um you know just the the little steps i think you know what you were talking about your journey just like micro steps i think that that's uh doable because uh, sometimes when you set goals and i know even for myself i say i've got to do this every day for an hour every day it just doesn't happen but if yeah. i say i've got to do this let's say for reading for example i've been really trying hard to uh get into reading again um and i might just go okay i'm just as long as i do 10 pages 10 pages and that's all um, it, d- it takes away that pressure and it's, it's, it's those micro steps. And the more you get into that rhythm, I feel then it's, then you can actually just naturally fall into maybe giving yourself even more space uh, to do journaling or reading or whatever that may be. Yeah, I'm really curious. I, I'm, I hear this all, a lot and I know there's been, um, and I can't remember, um, I think it was Harvard research where they said that, um, when you give people feedback, right, and this is for anyone when we give it a feedback and whether it's employees, whether it's family, partners, whatever that may be, and you see this as well, when you give somebody feedback, let's say you have a mid-year review, right, and then they give you 22 things that are, you do so well, like really fantastic, you're really good, Nick, you're amazing at these, or these six things, six things, right? And then I said, but this is one area here of opportunity for you. What makes us focus on that negativity? Because I hear that all the time. Like there's this, the, the research I think said something that for every negative or opportunity you give someone, you have to give them six um, positives to outweigh that one negative. What makes us go for the negative? It's amazing, isn't it? So it's something in the brain called negativity bias. And it's this idea that the the negative things weigh heavier on our minds and we kind of take them to heart more than the, the lighter things. We also notice it as well as being a thing that just happens in our brain. We notice it in the study of positive emotions in the science of post-psych. 
So we know from it originally started in the study of teams and it was extended out into different relationships. We looked at the amount of times that people praised each other within successful teams versus the amount of times that people praised or complained or blamed in those successful versus unsuccessful experiences. And we found that for every one negative comment or negative emotion, we need three positive emotions to counterbalance it. And when you're in relationship or you're in a, a marriage, a long-term relationship, it's actually five positive emotions to counteract that one negative. And I think it's very liberating to have the awareness around that because the more we know, the more that we're able to actually shift the way that we think and feel. If we didn't know that that was a thing and that person just was focusing on the the one opportunity or the one weakness on that list of 20 things, you'd recognize like, oh, like this feels really hard and I don't know why. From positive psychology, we know that when you focus on what you're good at and you use your strengths, you're able to become stronger and more successful. So with that in mind, we're more likely to look at, okay, here's the things that this person does well. Here's the things about their character or about the way that they work that are going to make them even better than before. So and then looking for the silver lining within that complaint or looking for the silver lining within the thing that you get to be better at in order to see and really take from a growth mindset approach the steps to become that. So one of the biggest distinctions from growth mindset and one of the ways that you can notice that you're dropping into a fixed mindset is when you get defensive about something. So let's say this person received the feedback and after all of the good things, they're then told, okay, this is the thing where you've got an opportunity to grow. You're not as good in this area. That person could say, well, I am good, actually how dare you say that about me? And that would be the fixed mindset. So we're always invited to be curious. So to let go of the defensive feeling and to step into, okay, thanks so much for sharing this. I'm so curious to explore this. I'm so curious to understand more about like why this thing's going on and what I can learn from it. I'm so curious to see how I might be able to improve in this area. And then again, just coming back to recognizing that we're all going to be so different in our strengths. We are all going to show up in different ways in our relationships for ourselves and also within teams. So there's a couple of different strengths assessments you can do in positive psychology. You can do the VIA and you can also do the Clifton Strengths Finder, which is a Gallup report. And when you identify what it is you're good at, it gives you more energy to show up and do more of that. So you might find, up, find out that you're really good relating to other people or seeing excellence in other people or having empathy. And once you know that, you can then go and apply it and you can be better at everything you do. Love it. You know, as you, you were sharing that, you know, I just had a conversation yesterday about um, talking about shif shifting mindset. I'm uh, constantly saying, I'm oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, I'm constantly apologizing. And that is in itself a fixed mindset. Whereas, you know, uh, even compliments, right? I can't even take compliments. But shifting that mindset from that fixed statement all the time to maybe something like, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, or even like, I'm so sorry for talking so much. Instead, I could say, thank you for listening. But, you know, once again, that takes conscious effort. Absolutely. And these things do take effort. So it's not just that you were making an assumption that everyone's going to read a positive psychology book or go and learn about the science and do it perfectly all of the time. And again, that is a, a growth mindset in action. It's honoring the process. It's continual improvement. It's holding the vision and trusting the process along the way. And I love that shift that you've mentioned. One of the things that I love to say is, let's say you are running a few minutes late. And you're like, I'm so sorry that I'm, I've arrived late. I love to say, thank you so much for waiting for me. Like, I really appreciate that you you waited for me to get here or you I thank you so much for that. And it's just such an uplifting, positive frame to come from. 
it's really, really cool that you mentioned that. Yeah, and I can even feel it, feeling it. As you were saying, I'm feeling like there's so much more light about thank you than I'm sorry. I feel like I'm going within and kind of like put it, you know, almost going in fetal position underneath my desk. So uh, I love that. So Nick, you're extremely successful. So how does one use psych- uh, positive psychology in business? Every single day. <laughs> so talk us through some of the steps because I know I know you were talking about you know you're thirty five thousand pounds, and I love to hear about what what is that secret behind making thirty five thousand k in thirty five days? I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, well, that was really the the start of my journey. I've been in business for more than a decade, but with taking things online, that was a much more recent adventure. And I took things online back in 2015. And when I did that, I actually had been planning for a long time and decided that I was going to launch my first group coaching program which then had one person sign up for it. And I was embarrassed. I felt like a failure. I didn't believe that I could keep going. Everyone around me was telling me just to get a job because it was safe and secure. So as well as using these positive psychology tools, when I felt good and wanted to feel great, I had the opportunity to really put them to the test when I was up against it. So the first thing that I did when I was faced with this decision to go forwards in business or completely quit was to work on myself first. So I went into emergency positive psychology mode and I was like, right, okay, Nick, what would you teach someone else to do in this situation? So I thought, right, I would teach them to feel better first. So I made sure that I was practicing a morning ritual, not just in the morning, but pretty much three times a day. So that involved me connecting with myself through meditation and connecting with higher power through meditation. It involved me writing out my goals, speaking my goals out, listening to positive podcasts, getting out and walking, moving my body, and really getting clear on what I wanted to create when I was in a place of feeling good. And I think that's an important distinction to make because a lot of people set goals just any time of the day from any emotional state. My invitation for you is to feel good first and then set the goal. So when I decided to set the goal at this point in time, (laughs) I had one person in a group coaching program. I was on the other side of the world. So I was back in, I was actually in New Zealand at the time, visiting my brother who was living out there. I'd sold my car. I'd packed up a suitcase. I'd given back the lease on my apartment. So it was kind of a do or die situation. And I was meditating on what my goal was going to be. And I just had this feeling. I was like, I really want to create $35,000. And people must have thought I was crazy at the time to be in a position where I was earning absolutely nothing. I had no recurring revenue coming in. I had no safety net. It was just me and my suitcase and my dream. But because I was so clear inside of my own psychology and inside of my own body and my own thinking and emotions, that came through really strongly as the intention. I talk about setting epic goals. So an epic goal is one that is exciting for you one that feels purposeful so something that's connected to your vision and your mission and your why reason something that is intuitive and this was really where this practice came in so I've had coaches who have set goals for me in the past and they've said Nick I think that you should be doing this in your business now the important word there being should it hadn't come from a desire or an intuitive place within me. So it meant that I wasn't necessarily excited or committed to the goal. So you've got epic goals, excited, purposeful, intuitive, committed. So I was all of those things for this particular goal. I just didn't know the how behind it. So I'd implemented the positive psychology tools first, and then I was waiting for the how to land. And because I was in a good feeling, good thinking state, that solution did land for me. And I actually ended up having a coach reach out to me who I ended up working with. 
And then I shifted my strategy slightly and I stopped selling one to many, which is group coaching. And I went back to basics and I went back to selling one on one. And that felt a lot more comfortable. I felt a lot more confident doing that because I'd already done that for many years. It was just taking it into this digital marketing space and doing it from a different place. I also raised my prices at that time. And then the magic started to happen. And I think because I was so excited and I was so committed to this crazy goal, I was so laser focused on it. I was meditating on it. I was doing my Kundalini chanting and I was really living and breathing from that space of the vision and being my best possible self and feeling into who that woman was that I was becoming and what type of person would be the type of person that could receive this type of abundance and within 35 days, I had generated 35K. And then within 100 days, I made 100K. So I grew a six-figure business in three months, which felt just out of out of my world at the time to go from zero to 100K in three months. And then went on to build a multi-million dollar business and brand from there. Wow. I'm I'm like, I'm curious as to, so you're saying become, it's almost like I, I've got this vision, like become the very thing you want to be. And to do that, you had to do all that work on yourself. So the meditation, the Kundalini, the chanting, is this a kind of like a step-by-step process for, for those that are listening that want to move into or grow from a, you know, whatever they're at to even a six, seven multi uh, figure. Um, is is that what you're saying? The step by step, you've got to work on yourself first, and you've got to become the very thing that you want to be. Yeah, like I always say, that you have to be in energetic alignment with the type of results that you're ready to receive. And you hear it all of the time in business and in coaching, like you've got to work on yourself. You've got to be doing the personal development work. And it really is true. Yes, it's a cliche and you've probably heard it a million times, but I feel like, and I know that the richness in life does not come from the money. Yes, you can be rich financially and the depth and the juiciness of the richness that you can experience in yourself is so much better than just the money alone. So you can have richness in your relationships and your friendships. You can have richness in your days and in those joyful moments. Richness in experiencing personal peace. Richness in being certain about who you are, how you show up, the things that you're selling, the things that you're sharing. There's nothing better than being able to just roll out of bed in the morning and be yourself. And I get asked that a lot in interviews. People say, like, what's the best thing about being a business owner? <laughs> I'm like, I just get to be myself, whether I'm on stage or I'm working with our clients or I'm going out to dinner with friends. It's the same version of me. And whenever I'm teaching strategy or I'm giving our clients a quarterly planner or a launch plan for their next challenge or masterclass or webinar, I'm always asking, like, who do you need to be in order to receive that result? So who is it and how are you being that person already? Maybe it's someone who needs to be a little bit more in integrity with themselves. Maybe it's someone who needs to trust themselves more. Maybe it is someone that needs to be a little bit braver, a little bit bolder, whatever it is for you, like write it down and shift that into the I am and live as that person every single day. And then the results will come. I think as as you're saying, it's been your authentic self. And that in itself, I think that a lot of times people stop themselves from being their authentic self because they're judging themselves or fear that they will be judged if they were being their authentic self. So you're comfortable in your own skin. Yeah, and I remember back then I actually went through exactly the same thing that you're talking about. So when I'd launched this group program, I felt really embarrassed and I felt a lot of shame for it not having gone the way that I wanted to. And I was kind of going through this cycle of, well, now I've got to go and promote on social media again and I'm embarrassed and everyone's going to judge me and everyone at high school is going to think, who does she think she is promoting this thing? So I was in this really negative loop inside my head, like I call it the downward spiral. So I created an affirmations card for myself and a a mantra 
that I love to share because it's just so simple and so powerful. I created this mantra that said, I am fearlessly visible and I boldly shine my light. And that was one of the things that in my daily practice, I would repeat again and again and again. I am fearlessly visible and I boldly shine my light. And it really made me remember and reconnect to the power of not making it about you, about remembering that we are on these journeys together. And the more that we can live and work together and co-create together, the easier it's going to be for us all to live in a better world experience. So whenever you're putting something out on social media or you're creating the course, it's like, who is this going to help? What's the impact that this can have on the world? And what's the ripple effect because of that? You very quickly get out of your own way when you remember that there's other people on the other side of that activity who really need you. Yeah, and I, I, I think that we think about ourselves more than what other people will actually think about ourselves. Like that's, I always say that that's how we get in our way. We always think about, um, you know, I wonder if, you know, like just as simple as having a conversation with someone and then you walking away going, oh, I wonder what they thought about me. Oh, should have I said that? And so, you know, you ponder on stuff like that more than they wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, mm. Exactly. So it's a it's an exercise in like learning to love ourselves and learning just to let go of the things again, coming back to this idea of control, like if it's already passed, you can't control it. So it's getting yourself into an upward spiral of positive, constructive thoughts and emotions and getting out of that downward spiral. Because remember, when you are in a loop of negative thinking or destructive thinking, the only person that you're actually hurting with those thoughts is yourself. And that can be very limiting to your momentum and to your progress. And the quicker that we can catch it, the easier it is to start to shift and to start to, to treat ourselves more kindly. Mm, so true, so true. So Nick, you are very successful and you've obviously worked with lots of people. What do you see as the most common mistake that people make when they're trying to scale their business? Yeah, so I've worked with everyone from new entrepreneurs and coaches all the way up to $100 million business owners. And there's a few things that come up time and time again. I'd say that the thing that I notice really, really good entrepreneurs doing is they stick to doing what they do well and they don't deviate from the plan. So I remember, and I'm speaking from my own experience as well, by the way, <laughs> when I was growing my business and I did that kind of zero to six figures really quickly, I thought that I could just use the same tools and the same strategies to get to seven figures and get there really quickly. So I was like, I want to get to seven figures this year as quickly as possible. And it was really, really messy. I feel like if I could go back and give myself some advice at that stage, it would be to have more patience. It would be to know that I'm going to get to where I want to go and I'm going to be able to do it with simplicity and I'm going to be able to do it with a solid foundation. I did it in a really haphazard, really messy way because I was still in this phase of scarcity and panic and, oh my goodness, if I don't do it now, it's not going to happen. And what I've realized is you're going to get there. Like, why not do it in a way that feels really streamlined and really easy and really like you're working to your strengths? So I see a lot of entrepreneurs making the mistake of looking at what other people are doing and deciding to implement their strategy and deviate from the one that works for them. And I see this time and time again. And sometimes as well, I acknowledge that we have to go through these learning experiences to realize what it is we do want to double down on. I realized probably back in tw the end of 2018 that there were a few things that I was doing really, really well. And there was also a few things that I really didn't love. And because I didn't love them, that had become an energy drain within the business. So I ended up closing a few programs, deciding to put all of my time, energy and financial resources into the things that were working really well and just double down on them. So now those programs that I've doubled down on are multi-million dollar programs on their own. And I think the more that you can look and say, like, what is it that's working and how can I optimize it? How can I make it even better? The more successful you're going to be. 
I have clients who are leading multi-million dollar launches themselves. And what I recognize they've done really well is they've rinsed and repeated the same thing again and again and again. And just because it um, isn't where you want it to be right now, it doesn't mean you need to change or fix it. There's a, a difference between abandoning a strategy to go somewhere else and focus on the next shiny new thing and sticking with the strategy and maybe refining and optimizing it. So I've had clients who are like, Nick, I'm, I don't want to do this again. I'm like, but it works. Go and do it again. And then they're like, but do I have to do it again? I'm like, go and do it again. Just do it better this time. Double it. Double down on it. And then they come back to me at the end of the year of working together or a couple of years later, because a lot of our clients we work with for many years. And they say, I'm so glad that I listened to you and I just rinsed and repeated what I was doing and what was working well, because now I have a really successful six, seven, multi seven figure business. And I hated you at the time, Nick. <laughs> I hated you for telling me to do that, but it really, really worked. So I think just having the patience and having the foresight to continue to do what you do well and trusting that you are going to get to where you want to go. So what I'm hearing you say, Nick, is that literally you've got to find your own rhythm because I know there's lots of entrepreneurs and, and organizations out there that actually go, this is the way to success, right? And they have a methodology that if you follow from end to end, you will be, you know, a, a seven multi-figure or, or whatever that may be, right? So you're saying that find your own rhythm so you can you can take what works because it is it's, it doesn't always work for people like I've even got a, a, a somebody that I'm coaching at the moment where they're saying I'm doing this course to help with my coaching business but I don't feel aligned to it but they're telling me to fo follow the formula and I will be successful so is that what you're saying like finding your own rhythm yeah, I think finding your own rhythm is really important because when you are operating from a place of alignment, everything else flows. Now, we have very proven frameworks and methodologies, and when you follow them, you will create success. And it doesn't mean that every person has to follow all of them all of the time. So, for example, I teach how you can do six and seven and multi seven figure launches using a challenge. I also teach how to do that using a paid workshop or a live event and a webinar. So there's many different routes to the same destination. And our clients come in and they might say, I've decided I really hate running challenges, Nick. I'm like, awesome, amazing. I'm so glad you recognize that about yourself and you don't like them. They are potentially not working the way that you want to. So what about trying something else? What about leaning more into doing free masterclasses or leaning more into doing video or whatever it is that feels right for that person? Because there's a million and one different ways to do it. It's about finding what works for you. And I think that one of the things that's really worked for me is that I believe in going and testing things first. So I go and try and test a strategy and then I'll teach it when it works for us. It doesn't mean that every single person in our masterminds uses exactly the same strategy. I'm always looking at how does this person work? What are they in their human design profile and what character strengths have they got? Based on that, how could they be working to optimize the things that they are good at and they really enjoy to do? So whilst a lot of our clients, most of them are coaches and online business owners, and a lot of them are following similar strategies. So they might have um, a high ticket program. They might have masterminds themselves. They might have their own memberships. So there's things that I will teach in terms of mindset or strategy that are going to be similar every single business that I coach actually looks completely different because it's based on the expert and the person that's running the business. And I just think that's such an important thing when it comes to, to reaching our goals and doing it in a way that feels nourishing, fulfilling and brings us joy. So thank you for that. And how, so give us an example. What do you mean by the challenge or setting a challenge? So a challenge is a like an online marketing strategy that you can use to help support your clients in understanding some of the steps that they can take towards their goal and then coming to work with you to get the bigger picture or if they want to actually go faster in creating results. So let's say I create a free three-day challenge where you can come and learn from me how to sell online. 
And in three days, I'm going to teach you how to sell on the phone. I'm going to teach you how to sell on DM. I'm going to teach you how to sell on a sales page. So by the end of those three days, you could walk away and you could implement those tips. And if you're ready for a different level of support, you can come and work with me and you can book a call to find out what it would look like to actually go and do that. So I would teach the end to end strategy of how to promote, how to build the challenge, how to deliver it, and then how to sell at the end. Oh, I like that. Thank you for explaining that. So how 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 does one sell um, uh, in the DM space without feeling lazy? So for me, business and life is all about relationships. And I love to actually say real Asianships and have it so that we put the emphasis on that first. I think that like a long time ago when I grew up thinking about sales it made me feel uneasy it made me feel nervous it made me feel scared because my perception of sales was that it was forcing people to do things sales is like actually like one of the most favorite parts of what I do now because it it means that you connect with amazing people it means you get to hear about what's exciting and what's on people's hearts the visions and the missions that they've got And then if it makes sense to go on to work together, of course, you're going to do that. For me, sales actually feels like a responsibility for me. It feels like I'm being in service to these people who've got these amazing ideas and this amazing impact that they're here to create in the world. And I just get to support and facilitate that. And actually, because we have so much content that goes out on our social media platforms and because people have been watching for a while a lot of our sales are more just like a few clarifying questions now so people will say to me Nick I've been stalking you for two years and I know exactly what you do like I've had a look on your pages I've had a look on your website and I know what it is you're selling I'm ready to do that I've just got a couple of questions so can I message you in DMs and ask these questions. And I think it becomes a lot um, easier and a lot less anxiety inducing because people are really clear already on what you do. So I think of sales as a, a holistic process, it's not just the call or not just the DM, it's all about the trust that you've built before it even gets to that sales call. So we have a lot of results that we share online. We have a lot of testimonials. We've got a lot of value-based content that people can go and they can consume and they can get that value first. So by the time they get into a DM, they've already self-selected that they're ready for the next step. So we might share a thing on stories, for example, and we might say, I'm looking for five ambitious coaches who are ready to create their next 30k months in the next 30 days if this is you just drop me a dm right now with the phrase 30k and then everybody who's ready to do that they actually engage with me so it just builds a lot more ease within that relationship but rather than me going out and messaging 100 people on dm and saying do you want to create 30k in 30 days i can teach you how people are actually coming to me and they're like, Nick, I'm ready to do this. I'm like, cool, let's talk about why you want to do that. Let's talk about where you're at in your business right now. Tell me a little bit about what you've tried. Okay, cool. Why do you want to come and work with me specifically? Do you know about the things that I offer? Awesome. Is it all right if I tell you? And then you can just go through just a really, really simple, like fact finding relationship building conversation to see like, is it a fit or is it not a fit? And we just have people that sign up on our website for our 15K or our 25K mastermind. We have people that sign up and DM and do that. And it's just really easy because I think people already know and they can feel through that personal conversation, right? I've been watching you, Nick, and I already trust you, or I've been chatting with you here and you've voice noted me and I I can see what we can do here. Let's do it. And it becomes much easier when you release the pressure of it being a sales conversation and you think about it focused on the relationship first. I love that approach. That is such a cool approach. I've never heard of that. Uh, When you're actually just saying, this is, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Anybody interested? It's so, uh, it's a a soft approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. 
So, Nick, throughout your most adventurous journey with life and business, what has been your biggest lesson that you have learned thus far? I think the biggest lesson is that the journey is never done. And I always say, like, if you knew what it would take to run a multi-million dollar business, or if you knew what it would look like to get to where you're at right now, people would probably never sign up for it because they don't recognize or realize when you start something just what it's going to take and what it's going to command of you as a human, as a leader, as a partner, as a friend to manage it all. And you're always working at your edge as an entrepreneur. There's always something else to go and do or something else to explore within yourself or something to optimize within the business. And that's okay. So you have to get okay with it being a moving target. You have to get okay with feeling like you're on unstable ground all of the time, just because things are always changing. So I think it's a mindset that your journey's never done. You're always going to be growing and expanding. And the faster you get comfortable with that, the easier and more enjoyable the process is going to be. Mm, and it is a it is a bit of an adventure, right? It's not a it's not always a given. And I think that it, there is always I look at it this way: it's a lifestyle. You, you, it's almost like you know, I hear people talk, to, to turn their passion projects into their business and it becomes their lifestyle because they can weave in and out of the business and make it, there's that flexibility uh, for them. So um, I love the fact that you shared that. So Nick, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you, my dearest? unstoppable unstoppable of course unstoppable i love that and as we wrap up the show the last question we always love to ask is what are three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to give to our listeners today so they could be like three practical exercises for our audience Mm, i love this okay so first thing is practice trusting yourself Because when you trust yourself and you have certainty that you can take on anything that life throws at you. Secondly, one of the tools from positive psychology that I really, really love is the best possible self. So this is known to improve your levels of hope and optimism. And it's really simple. It's taking out a pen and a piece of paper and writing down all about for 20 minutes, writing down your vision of yourself as your best possible self in the future when everything has gone as well as it possibly could and get into the detail of it who you are who you're with what you're surrounded by what things you own or use how you feel just all of the detail and then you can use that in your meditations and your visualizations to help you step into that and then the third tool that I would love to share and this is something that perhaps is slightly different from what you would usually hear from positive psychology you hear a lot about gratitude and about the the real like positive fluffy like light things a tool I really love is the forgiveness letter so it's again it's a written exercise and it invites you to write a letter to somebody who you feel ready to forgive now this might be another person it might be someone who's here someone who's not no longer in your life It might also be a letter that you write to yourself. It's something that is very freeing and very releasing and can give you a lot of clarity and spaciousness within yourself and your life with which within which you can then create new progress. So they would be my three invitations. Love all three. And Nick, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? So I love hanging out on Instagram at Nick Pidge and my website, nickpigeon.com as well. We've also got some free copies of the book that we're, we're going to give away as well. So we're doing that at nowisyourchancebook.com. Did you want to talk a little bit about your book? Yes, yeah, so the, the book's an amazing toolbox. So just on those three exercises that I've shared, they're all within Now Is Your Chance. And what it does is it gives you a really simple, practical exercise that you can do every day for 30 days to live your happiest life. And I feel like it's really easy to forget just how simple these shifts are. So you could flick open the book at any given day and just pick the tool and use it almost like a card deck. 
and just choose that thing to implement on that day. And it's going to give you a positivity boost and a positive shift. Mm, love it. Absolutely love it. We'll have all of that in the show notes. Nick, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your story and your wealth of wisdom. Thank you so very much for your time and your energy. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit that subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Catherine Plano. Until next week, please take care of yourself. Much love and gratitude. Thank you.